I want to get us all, again, right on the same page. Today is part four of our What's in a Name series. We're going to be ending this series and, and kicking off into a really um, a, a series I'm excited about. Um, next week, we're going to look at different relationships that we encounter along life's journey, but that is next week. This week, I want to wrap up. This is part four of What's in a Name. What's in a Name? And you, you may have never given much thought to names, or for you, um, maybe names are very, very significant. I remember, in fact, two, two instances with our two daughters. Um, you know, with the first one, we went through the whole baby naming thing, you know. And my wife was so generous, you know, she was so kind. She actually invited my, my input um, for, for like a minute. And I was so grateful that she, that she let me participate with her. Um, <laughs> sort of joking. She's not even here to defend herself. She did. She did. But, but I want to say it, it, it was sacred for us. It was significant for us because in, in both instances, our, our daughters were named um, by uh, an impression. She really felt God gave her those specific names for our children. And I know that's not everybody's um, case. That may not be your case or your experience. Perhaps you were given a name that's endearing to your family. There's a legacy behind it. I have my middle name is my dad's first name. And um, so my middle name is Graham. Um, my, <laughs> my dad got the same from his dad. Difference is my dad's middle name is Dalloway. Come on, how many of you know names change over generations? Like <laughs> Dalloway? Like, it's a little like Callaway, I guess, you know, for you golfers out there. But, but, but names, names are significant. And, you know, in our English translation, we get a three-letter word for the creator of the universe, G-O-D. In the original languages, you won't actually see the word G-O-D. Uh, in the original languages, you will actually get the descriptive names. Probably most of the time, uh, especially in the First Testament, You'll get the term Jehovah, which is like a relational aspect, a relational nature of who God is. And then it'll be given a word that, that is descriptive. It's this describing. I've shared each week that these are almost like nicknames, but they're far more deep and rich and sacred than just the nickname. But in each name, we get a dimension, a part of God's nature. I want you to just think about this. It does make perfect sense. Because have you ever heard of wearing multiple hats? Are you familiar with that turn of phrase? You know, like, hey, I, I have multiple hats. You know, and it's, it's, it alludes to your responsibility. It's how you show up. You know, even as a teenager, I remember I was a son. I was a friend. I was a grandson. I was a brother. I had a few different hats going on. I, I, I was a worker. I was a co-worker. You know, there were a few different responsibilities I, I had. Um, now, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm still a son, but I'm also a father. And how, how, how many of you know, you, you don't show up identically in all of those relationships, right? There's a bit of nuance. It's not like you're changing who you are. It's, it's you, you are who you are, but you but you proceed with maybe a different tone or a different language. And part of that is the responsibility behind that, that piece of your personality. Well, in some ways, it's true about God. God is responsible with our lives and who we are. Now, um, 
we are not always responsible with who we are. And God gives us free will to make some choices, make some decisions, to kind of get some distance and space. But God is always faithful to meet us and meet with us. All that said, we've been looking at different names of God which reveal his nature. We wholeheartedly believe that God is still the same and operates in the same way. And today certainly has a bit of a supernatural flair to it. A significant name that we encounter with God is Jehovah Rapha. These words are unique because, you know, as I've shared with some of the other names, it's not like we're going around saying, I don't know how many times you said Rapha this past week. Maybe a few times because you know this name of God and you needed to speak it into your situation. But what it means is the Lord who heals or the Lord heals or God my healer. We get this out of a story in the book of Exodus, the second book in the First Testament. Exodus 15, 22 through 27 is where we get this name. But I want to say out the gate, we believe the Lord still heals today. God is so good and, and, and so faithful. And I, I kind of chalk this up in a specific experiential relationship that we have with God. In Acts chapter 2, I know I said Exodus, we'll be there in a second. Acts chapter 2 verse 43, I believe is an invitation for our relationship with God. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 43, it says that everyone was filled with what? Awe. 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 I think awe doesn't get given enough credence in our relationship with God. Like, it's totally appropriate for you sometimes to like get off a call or to get an email or to have an experience that you're like, awe. Awe. Early church, everyone was filled with awe at what? The many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And that would continue throughout the church. And really, it's never stopped. These awe moments with God. And healing, I've, I've, just, I've just known it's, it's an actual awe-inspiring experience that many people have with God. I've seen God do so many signs and wonders along the years. A, a couple quick brief stories before we jump into Exodus. I remember uh, several years ago now um, when we were in Florida um, and the worship team was playing and there was, a, there was a faithful couple and they were faithful to let 15 minutes of worship happen before they came in the church doors. What I mean by that is they were faithfully late, somebody. How many of you know that's a spiritual gift? It's not listed in the Bible, but it's faithfully late. When people say, man, why can't you show up on time? Just, just own it. Dude, hey, I am faithfully late. That's how it rolls. Well, anyhow, this couple was faithfully late. Like, I mean, every week, every week, every week. <clears throat> Good couple. In fact, he was the chaplain for the Walton County Prison System. Incredible, man. And um, he came in. He came in one time for worship. Here's the deal. No prayer, nothing. Nobody touched him. Nobody like really spoke to him other than just like, hey, welcome. Good to see you guys. Came in the auditorium, started lifting his hands and just started worshiping. 
touched by the presence of God. And an ear that had been deaf for a decade plus opened up, completely healed. Like, here's what's crazy. Like, he didn't ask nobody to pray for him. I wasn't even preaching on faith. God just showed up, touched him, healed his ear. Awe, awe, awe-inspiring. Just makes you scratch your head. Just makes you wonder. I remember um, years ago also, also not at the same week, but around that same time, I remember um, there was a, a, a music ministry, Bethel Music, out of Redding, California. It was really kind of taking off and really got, got some steam going. And um, they uh, rented out uh, First Baptist of Mobile, Alabama, somebody. And so we drove over to just attend the worship con- a concert, you know, and just enjoy the music. I like those environments uh, because there's really no pressure. Like somebody else is doing the music, somebody else is speaking, you just get to take it in. It's, it's nice. And we're just worshiping. And uh, Kelly tapped me on the shoulder. And she had been struggling for about three to four months with a knee problem. Just a real strain and couldn't get over it. It was just kind of one of those things. And she said, man. I felt this warm in my knee, and then I've been fine. This is crazy. I said, that is crazy, but I'm sure glad it happened. I'm glad it happened to you. Supernatural moments, supernatural healing. It's just, it's just sometimes it's so descriptive. You're like, what did you do? What was the formula? Showing up, receiving from God. There was no A plus B equals C. Sometimes when we try to make an A plus B equals C, we project all our expectations on that moment. You ever been there? Other times, he just sneaks in from the back door and touches your body and heals you. How and why that can be assuring for our souls or reassuring for our souls is book of Exodus. We see the people of God are on a journey. They've come out of Egypt, and they just came through waters. Um, where God had parted them and led them through down to the promised land and, uh, or into the wilderness first. And so they got waters behind them they took care of, and yet they have no water to drink. And so they're thirsty. And here's what's wild. They actually show up to a place to drink the water, but the water is bitter. They can't drink it. And we read in verse 22 of Exodus 15, Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. They went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Marah. What's in a name? I'm glad you asked. Marah means bitter. (laughs) So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? And Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it in the water, and the water became sweet. Then the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there he tested them. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, you do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians." For I am the Lord who heals you. That's where we get the name. Again, Yahweh would be the name. Yahweh who heals. 
relational God who touches and heals. In this particular instance, I bring up the physical healings because they're part and parcel of the ministry of God. It's supernatural. It's, it's called like when the heavens break in to our situation and into our circumstance. I grew up a, in a house that if something was sick, you prayed for it. I mean, we prayed for our dogs. We prayed for our cats. I've prayed for my fingertips, my ears, my nose. I just, you know, that's kind of our culture. My parents were like, man, let's, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray, you know. And so it kind of became second nature for me. I've learned over time that that's not everybody's experience. But what it crafted in me, part of the good that it crafted in me, is it did two things. It reminded me of the awareness of God. And then it reminded me of the affection of God. An awareness. I, I grew up with a growing awareness of God. That his presence was not far off at the end of the space-time continuum. But the heavens are close. They're near. That God is close. And then... I grew up an awareness of God, but of the affection of God. That God loves us, yes, but God likes us too. And so a natural response was to invite him to do something supernatural. Lord, to heal. Lord, to break in and touch. Lord, to cure. Lord, to bring life. And so it's completely appropriate. I just Today is a reassurance for some of you. Maybe it's an invitation then maybe there's, a, there's an element that this is off limits with God. Listen, God loves you. There's nothing you can do that can change that. But maybe a growth step for you is to begin to give God permission over that area of your life. Sometimes we can get jaded. I know I have in times jaded by disappointment or unmet expectations. And we can grow a little apathetic to call on God. We kind of, it's a, it's a silent statement. But it's a lie, and it's this. God just doesn't care. The reality is God does care. And I want to encourage you to move through any disappointment or difficulty and embrace this name of God. Now, this name of God is not just to be known in your mind. Like all these names of God, it's to be encountered in your journey, encountered in your life. And um, it makes complete I want to say it makes complete sense. It doesn't really make complete sense. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you know, by faith, it makes sense that these moments would follow us. I mean, Matthew 9, 35, it says this, that Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. That's incredible. Now, that's Jesus. I've got to be honest with you. Every prayer for healing I've prayed hasn't happened. All right? But I still pray. Because I realize it's mine to partner with God, and then it's his. The results are on him. Does that make sense? It's his to do. I'm not the miracle worker. I just can lean in and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you can do more than we can think or imagine. And so um, I also want to appropriate to highlight some other areas that God heals. And in two minutes, I want to share three words. Very brief. They're hopefully going to make sense to you immediately when you hear them. I talk about three 
other distinct areas that the Lord is our healer. And perhaps the global pandemic we experienced in 2020 revealed a greater global pandemic of fear and anxiety that our culture is facing. The healer that is desperately needed in many lives is not only in the physical, but it's an inside job of God. And so as I was reflecting, I also want to appropriate these three realities. Our burdens, our bitterness, and our sin. In the journey with the Lord, He wants to lead us to healing waters in these three distinct areas. And it's not a striving or making it happen, but it is an intentional partnering with Him to receive His healing. Healing of our burdens, I want to give you just a quick clue for this. It's called casting. Can we say that word together? Three, two, one. Casting. 1 Peter 5, 7. Here's your, here's your clue and your tool. Cast your cares on Him, for He cares for you. Like some of you in this moment right now, your back is breaking from the weights you're carrying. I mean, it is. You're run down and exhausted. And I'm just here to remind you, you have permission to cast all those cares. Like, like here's the temptation. If you're married, your first cast is typically your spouse. Right? If you're a teenager, your first cast is typically mom and dad. Whoever's nearer with more cash usually. <laughs> I know those waters well. You know, if you're, if you're a young adult, come on. Well, honestly, all of us, sometimes our first cast, we're casting on social media. That's my first cast. Boom, social media. Like, hear, hear this. Those are all fine. That's appropriate. I got no problem with it. Just don't bypass the one who can actually carry your burdens. Like, you're going to get some loves and likes on social media. You may get some cash from mom and dad or grandma, grandpa, or auntie or uncle. The reality is, many times we bypass where it can make the most influence in our lives. First Peter, so right, not all the books of the Bible are written in the same setting. First Peter is written to a church that's under severe persecution in like modern day Turkey area, Greece, Turkey area, and um, small units of believers, and I mean, they are under fire, and here's what Peter encourages them to do, cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you, and so many times the healing we need for our burdens, like, like, like just being honest, it's not always more money, it's not always more listening. It's not always more personal connection. All of those are important and vital. I'm not discounting any of those. Hear me loud and clear, though. We have a faithful father who I can promise you this. You're never exhausting him. You're never out of line with one more request. If it's on your heart, it's on his heart. If it's on your mind, it's also on his heart. And some of us grew up in cultures 
where we dichotomize. We're like, God only gets the real important stuff. And all the little burdens you're carrying are about to break your back because they all add up. It's the little places too. It's the healing that comes from God. Cast your cares on him. Healing of our burdens. Healing of our bitterness. So what do we do there? Forgiving. No easy task. But forgiving others. Forgiving is how we step into the healing of our bitterness. Moving to a place of wholeness and healing. And here's what's wild. Paul pulls a fast one. He's a bit of a punk. I'm just going to be honest. Apostle Paul's a bit of a punk. Like, on my self-pity party days, man, I don't read none of Paul's writings because he's a punk. My self-pity party days, baby, find me in Lamentations, somebody. Get my weep on. Find me in the Psalms. Find me in the Psalms. I'm just, I'm just groaning and crying. Lord, nobody loves me. You know, you need that space. And trust me, most of the Psalms, you find that space. It's important. However, you're not to stay in that space. And so Paul, he gets his punk, he gets, he gets his punk verse on. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Ephesians 4.32. Oh, man. God wants to set you free from the burdens you've been carrying. He wants to set you free from the bitterness. Here's the thing. Forgiveness rarely makes sense. I am almost always justified in my bitterness. I'm, I'm being legit. I'm being legit. Like, I'm almost always justified. And then Paul says, listen, be kind and compassionate, eh, forgiving each other. I'll try. Well, how are you going to do it? How do I do it? You remember, God forgave you. God forgave you. Did you deserve it? He just liked me that much and loves me that much. That's how we do it. We don't do it in the natural. We do it in the supernatural. Reminding ourselves, taking the communion, the bread and the juice, reminding ourselves. As if we needed reminding, we don't have it together. We're in need of his forgiveness. And then healing our sin, and this is where we land. Casting, forgiving, this last one's receiving. Receiving, receiving the mercy of God. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. It's the mercy of God that no matter how messed up life's become, no matter how many mistakes we've made, we serve a God that is always, always always pursuing us, always offering, always offering his life for ours and the hope that we have. So how do we step into that? We receive freely the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. Here's the deal. Jehovah Rapha is real. Jehovah Rapha is real. You can call upon him anytime, whether it's your burdens Man, I've got to take my cares and cast them on the Lord. 
I've got to take, I've got a safe place for that. It's the Lord Almighty. I can do it anytime, anywhere. I can just lift my troubles and my worries and cast them on him. How do I know it? Because he cares for me. What on the days when I don't feel like it? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to pretend he's still caring for me. On the days I don't feel like it, I still do it. I've got to cast that somewhere. Else I'm going to have others break under the pressure of my burdens. So I've got a place to cast my care. And then I've got to forgive. And God heals our burdens, our bitterness. And sometimes he just heals our bodies. Amen. He's so good. Jehovah Rapha is for you and he's on your side. Let's pray. God, thank you again for this time. Thank you for this time in your word. I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. That, Lord, you would bring your healing to them. Some, Lord, you would encourage their heart that might be downcast or distressed. Others, Lord, that are anxious. Lord, it's like a, it's like a ticker, just they can't shut it off. Holy Spirit, would you hit it off? Lord, may they learn and grow to cast their cares on you. Father, we thank you for this time in your word. Thank you for your love for us and for pursuing us. In Jesus' name, amen.